This is Positively Farming Media. Want to be the first to try Ross Roos Farms Experimental Series Goat Milk Soaps and be surprised each quarter by what's in your shower, but in a good way? Then My Soap CSA is for you. Choose the CSA share that best fits your soapy needs. Each month or quarter, you'll receive either two or four bars of the latest styles and scents of the season. Ross Roos Farm Goat Milk Soap is made in Bainbridge, Ohio with milk from our farm, oils and butters that cleanse and soften the skin, fresh herbs and flowers from the garden or locally sourced, natural pigments, essential oils, and fragrance oils that have been thoroughly tested for skin safety and scent longevity. I never use palm oil. Bring joy to your daily cleansing routine and get your first soap CSA box by going to rossroosfarm.com soap. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. I'm back. Ah. Uh. Oh, oh, my, my gosh. gosh. <laughs> did you miss me? I did. Can I start this without crying? I'm like... I don't know. If you cry, I'm going to cry soon. I know. But stop it. <laughs> stop it. Bring my robot back. <laughs> T- channel that tough farm girl image that we should have. I well, I missed you, and I missed everybody that listens to us. And thank you for your patience with me while I was gone. I'm not gonna go full birth story on the podcast because that we, I mean, we talk about animals giving birth here. Yeah, technically, I guess we're kind of like animals, but. I won't go full birth story on everybody here. Maybe we'll do something on Patreon someday. But yeah, I missed you guys a lot. And thank you to Bev for keeping things afloat without me because this is not a one woman job. And she's been doing it for (laughs) months and months and months by herself. (laughs) But, But so it was really important to me that we did that because I wanted to set an example of how we should treat people that need time off like and can come back when they're ready. I think our culture can kind of rush women, especially when they're returning from you know, childbirth or anything else. And, you know, we're, we're whole people. We have more than just our farms, our podcasts, our jobs. And sometimes we can't show up for all of the things that we want to because of things that are going on. So I wanted to make sure that this survived that as an example of, see, you can allow people to take the time that they need and give them the space that they need and then jump back into it like we are right now. Obviously, it's going to be different because we're different people. We've had different experiences. Some things have changed. But I think, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, I'm happy about it. I like, I, I was happy to do it. And I'm glad that I 
was able to. And I cut it where I needed to. And <laughs> I'm not pushing myself too hard anymore, I don't think. Uh, or at least I'm trying not to. So well, I think it's important to be aware. Sometimes I think I think there is a time and a place for like muscling through. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this podcast is is one of those because I mean, we do this for fun. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping now that we're back in it together, you know, we can keep just having fun and being ourselves. But speaking of change, we kind of rebranded the podcast. We did rebrand yeah. the podcast. Surprise! So many surprises for everyone. I know. And <laughs> I, I, so I have a confession. I, I don't know if the new theme music is going to be on this episode or not. Mm, yeah, probably not. It probably not. So you probably just heard we drink and we farm things, but that's okay. Yeah. We're going to do it our own way and in our own time. Yes. And we didn't want to throw too many surprises at you. We didn't want you to be like, oh, wait, did I log on to the right podcast today with a totally different, <laughs> different theme song? But we like one of the things I was concerned about when we were branded like literally the day before we were recording this was that you guys would see the rebranding and think I wasn't coming back. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to just kind of push everything out right away, too. So you wouldn't think that Bev was going to forever be a Lone Ranger. Yeah on the podcast by herself. <laughs> so, yeah, it, you'll get to go on this rebranding journey with us. Yeah, it might be a little messy, but it's okay. I think that's that's just us. <laughs> that embodies us. That embodies us pretty well. So, obviously, some things are different. Some things are going to be the same, but we hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Our drink peeps this episode are our friends Ashley Kiernan, Elizabeth Steves, and Jenny Beck. They are at Ashley Kiernan, at Steel02, and at Beck's Boots to Roots over on the Instagram. So cheers, ladies. Cheers. All right. So I will say that 2022 was not a year that went very well for my goals. (laughs) Stuff kind of hit the fan over here. Feels fair. So, yeah, but I'm I'm excited to talk about some of the things that did go well, some things that didn't go so well, and just to hear your updates because I'm like just watching you through Instagram because <laughs> like I I lost the ability to respond and engage with text messaging with people with my mom brain. So I'm excited to hear like how yours went too. <laughs> so Sam, do you want to start? With, yeah, let's, uh, we'll just go back and forth with this like we normally do. And what was your first goal that you had set for 2022 way back in December of 2021 when we were young and fresh and had energy (laughs) and aspirations? (laughs) Where did it all go? (laughs) Where did it all go? Okay. So I'll start off with like the one thing that I did do well. And it was raising turkeys. Ooh. Much credit to my husband here because we got the turkeys, I think it was the last week of April. And then I went into the hospital the day after his birthday, which was May 19th. So I only had the turkeys when they were little poults for a couple of weeks. But mission accomplished. We took five turkeys to the processor and we retained, we have what? two, three, four out there. I'm going to swap one of the males with Sarah, our listener, who I got the cow from, fancy, so she can have a breeding pair. Still got to organize that swap. But 
We had five that went to the processor, and I was able to give one of the Toms to my husband's family for Thanksgiving, and then my grandma took one for our Thanksgiving. So that was really cool just to be able to provide that. And I, I I did fulfill my dream of gobbling at the turkeys and they gobble back. I got that video. I remember that. That was so fun. <laughs> yes. Dreams can come true even when everything else is exploding around you. So that was really cool. I really like turkeys. Turkey journey will continue. Awesome. I like that. Yeah. A, a farm fresh Thanksgiving was always something that I had wanted to strive for when I first kind of started mm-hmm. this. And I think that I talked about it a lot in the early episodes, but just fun fact, this Thanksgiving, not one thing on our, <laughs> I didn't grow anything except like, I think the garlic. Uh, yeah. Hey, but, and, and the herbs. Yeah. Garlic is a very important player. It, yes. yes. The garlic and the herbs are very important players, but I felt good. Like I felt good about it because I made that decision intentionally. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Cause it, that is a lot of work and turkeys eat a lot of food. They are work, but I think there's a good trade-off there. And, and I was going to say, how did it taste? Was it better? It was really good. It was really good. And I don't know how much of that is like a placebo effect because I was just proud that we raised them. But no, they were they were heritage turkeys. <laughs> so they don't grow very rapidly. They're not like the broad-breasted turkey you would get at the store, which there's nothing wrong with that. If you grow broad-breasted, that's fine. But I wanted heritage turkeys because buying poults very expensive. So I want to be able to hatch my own. So we have bourbon reds that we retained. And then we had two blue slate males, but I'm going to do a swap with Sarah. So I'll have a blue slate and a different breed. So it'll be like a mix to see what what those look like. But yeah, no, total turkeys, in my opinion, totally worth it. A little intimidating. Just a little quick side note there. I did one that I did take to the to the processor, which this sounds a little, I think, weird. It might sound a little morbid to some people. One of them was a chocolate brown turkey. And those poults, like, a bunch of them died. So I'm like, I'm not keeping you and breeding you. I think genetically, maybe you're just not great. So I'm not dealing with that. So I called him boyfriend, though, because he would follow me around. He was obsessed with me. And it's kind of intimidating to have a huge turkey just, like, follow you around like he wants to mount you. It's a little scary. <laughs> I mean, it didn't make you feel special or loved or wanted? I mean, I mean, maybe a little, <laughs> but then I got creepy real fast. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> but anyways. So did you eat did you eat boyfriend for Thanksgiving? We did eat boyfriend for Thanksgiving because he was huge. I thought so. That's why I had to ask. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the lady ones that we did take, we just had the processor half them. And I just cooked one up in the crock pot like this past week because she was only like, well, she was 6.66 pounds. And 666 is like the sign of the devil. So I'm like, we have to just eat you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like the size of a chicken. So I was like, I can break this up into a couple of meals. And it was good. So yeah. And made gravy out of the drippings. Like, mm, nom, nom, nom. Good stuff. Mm, now I'm hungry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what was one of your goals for 2022? And how did it go? All right. So one of my goals for 2022 was to create a process for my microgreens production. And all I wrote here for my notes was, nope. (laughs) (laughs) So what happened? So 
I actually think, and and I'm still kind of debating this with myself, I want to grow microgreens. I want to make soap. I want to milk goats. I want to, like, there are just so many things that I'm interested in and I love. And it doesn't matter how well I systematize everything. I am not going to be able to do it all at the level that my brain has just like projected. Okay. So I made a friend. His name is Graham and he owns Graham's Greens Chillicothe in Chillicothe, Ohio. And he grows hydroponic lettuce and microgreens and stuff. And he is actually who I buy all of my microgreens from right now. And I'm going to work with him to stock the greens and the microgreens for our restaurant that we're in the process of opening. So I might grow some things for it because I want to, but I think right now I want to let people do the things that they love and support that. There you go. Just because I enjoy it doesn't mean that I have to do it at that level. I can grow a tray of microgreens for myself for fun. I don't need to grow an entire basement full of microgreens for an entire restaurant just because I have a restaurant. Like Graham does that already and he's good at it and they're delicious. So like getting to support that business in our town to still make it local and fresh and fit my values is something just, that's just really cool. Yeah. So so I think, uh, like, spoiler alert, a lot of my goals are going to be like, I'm going to stop setting goals like that. <laughs> hey, I think that's really important and very self-aware to, like, everything you just said was incredibly self-aware. Because I think it's very easy to fall into the trap when you're doing farm stuff that you have to do it all and you have to do it right away and you have to be the best. Like, like along the same vein, like, I could probably grow a hog, sure, but I could also let Sarah grow a hog like a couple towns over and buy it from her after she's done all the hard work and taken it to the processor. And so I support a friend and another farm in turn, and I don't have to do that myself. So totally understand that one, 100%. And it seems like, oh, microgreens should be so easy. But no, it's one more thing. <laughs> It's one more thing on an already full plate. So I totally yeah. get that. Yeah. So I don't even know that I'm going to create a process for microgreens. I might just for fun because I love creating processes. But yeah, for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I might just do something else instead, though, because that, that's shiny over there. <laughs> <laughs> Try something else. Throw it at the wall. See yeah. it if it sticks. Yeah. That's my motto. That's yeah. exactly what I do around here. <laughs> so what was your next goal from 2022? It was to become a beekeeper. So I I think in the beekeeping while you're pregnant episode, I said that I was going to table this because I was pregnant. Thank God I did because I would have felt so bad. Everything's been like on Matt's plate since I went to the hospital, had a C-section, Uh, And then had to bring home a preemie. So he's been doing like the majority, almost all of the farm stuff. So if I would have introduced bees to the farm, 
which he was 100% on board with, that would have just been one more thing he would have had to take on. So I'm really glad that I just decided to wait. And spoiler, we're not doing it this year either. So I think I've decided, because this isn't necessarily going to be our forever farm, I'm just going to wait until we do find the forever farm, whatever timetable that's in. I don't know. I'm just going to wait to do bees until we move someday. (laughs) That feels fair. And isn't that such a great feeling to have realized, like, this isn't my forever farm, so I need to protect my energy and put my energy into the things that make a difference while I'm here, but don't make it so that I don't want to leave here. Because that's an easy trap to fall into as well. You put all this work into this property, so you should stay there, but it would it can just leave you stuck when you know that you want something different. Right, right. I'm going to take care of what yeah. we have now and then just go from there. But yeah, I don't want to spoil too much of the what we intend to do <laughs> this year conversation that we'll have probably in a few weeks. So I'll just leave it at that for now. But yeah, so what else was on your list for 2022? So uh, I was also going to create a process for my livestock maintenance and farm tasks, which I also just wrote nope for. (laughs) But fun, just fun, like kind of side story a little bit. A few weeks ago, we had that really bad storm here. I think Michigan got it also. It was like Yeah, it was 70 or 80 mile an hour winds. It was negative temperatures. Like the feels like was negative 40 while I was outside. And in fact, it was so bad. And all of my animals are so far from the house. I could only go outside once a day. I did not do chores twice a day because it was too dangerous. Yeah. So I used my, our mule to do chores for that day to cut down on the amount of time I was outside and also to give myself a wind break. Because if I needed, like if a really big gust was coming up or something, I could get over by the mule and just, it, it like cuts it for you so that you're not taking the brunt of it. And I'm kind of thinking of our tools that way. Like what are the things that I can use to my advantage in those situations? And I went out and I did the chores that day using the mule and I came back inside and I was like, I am never doing the farm chores without the mule again. (laughs) And I have not. I back out of the garage. I take it over to the barn. I drive it in. I'm feeding out of a round bale now instead of square bales. So I just unwrap. I, I unwrap it like a roll of toilet paper that's like sideways. And I just roll it up into the bundles for each pasture. And it gets all stacked in the back. I fill all my feed things. And then I back out and drive around. And it's one pasture after another. It's very systematic. It's kind of a mess right now because I'm still, I'm throwing, I'm just throwing hay over the fence. So they're wasting a bunch of it. But eventually I'd like to have good hay feeders for them so they won't do that. And it's made my life, like I enjoy doing farm chores again. And for a while I was feeling really like, why am I doing this? When I was carrying out like a whole, because I have so many animals now, I was feeding a square bale a day practically. So it's like carrying a whole square bale out there. By hand, I don't know why I was walking it out there. Like, I have a mule. <laughs> right. Just throw a bale on and take your clippers and, yeah. Yeah, and then I just clip it and throw slices over. And now that we're doing the round bale, it's even easier because I don't even have to pick up a square bale. I just unroll what I want. And, and then I have it all in, like, the stacks that I want to give it in and stuff, too. So, yeah. So, I guess I did kind of end up figuring some things out for that. But that is not done yet. Right. 
It is still on my list though. And in fact, I'm working on a system for systematizing that stuff, which we'll get to share with you when I have that system done in case anyone else wants to do it along with me. But yeah, I have too many goats and I can't keep up on everything with the way that it is now, but I know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. If I can really like get it, what's what I'm looking for. I, I need to document what it really takes to do everything at the level that I want to do it at and then figure it out from there. Like what has to go because it doesn't actually fit or how do I, you know, arrange these things so that they can be in an order in which they make the most sense and hurt my back the the least or take the least amount of time or yeah. So it's a whole journey. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. After a long day of work and family responsibilities, my fave way to unwind and reset is with my flock throwing a grubbly happy hour. The best part about a grubbly happy hour is I can enjoy it in whatever way I want. I can choose to do a leisurely stroll as my feathered friends follow me for more, rage throw them at the sky so I can get over the mess my kids left on the counter, or sometimes I go all out and make my flock their own special Grubly's donuts and sneak myself a treat to eat without anyone whining to ask for some. All I need is a bag of Grubly's and like five minutes to myself. Seriously, I'm a new person after I've had a short Grubly happy hour with my cluckin' BFFs. To get yours, go to grublyfarms.com and use code DRINKINFARM25 for 25% off your first bag of Grubly's. And take the mental stress off your happy hour planning by subscribing to have your Grubblies auto-delivered. You'll save on every shipment. So what's next on your list? So I'll bundle two here. So one of them was actually sell pumpkins and other produce by the side of the road. And then the other was tomato queen slash more gardening slash vertical garden. <laughs> so none of that happened. I should have just wrote nope on that. Because, like, I had really good intentions. Like, I think it was, like, the week before I went to the hospital. I was at the greenhouse. And I bought some blackberry and raspberry plants. And I did get those all but one in the ground. And we bought a wood chipper, too, so we could, like, chip Amazing. stuff. I'm jealous yeah. of your wood chipper. Well, and then it was just, like, free mulch. So, yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. And I got that really heavy-duty, kind of expensive what do you call it that you put down so the weeds weed barrier <laughs> oh weed bar- oh yeah we had a whole episode yeah, yeah, that yeah. we talked about that yeah we'll link to that in the show notes the show notes is gonna have a lot of episode references on it worth every penny i barely used any of it so i still have the rule but we're gonna put some out front too in the just like the pretty garden area the flower garden area because it was it's like i said worth every penny i will be buying more this year but yeah, so I we didn't do we bought the lumber for the vertical garden stuff. So we still have that. Didn't use it, didn't build any of it. Matt was gonna try yeah. to build those when I was in the hospital because I got all the dirt too, which is still sitting in a big old dirt pile uh out back. <laughs> it's just cooking, it's it's breaking down it's, more. It's and not creating its whole ecosystem. It's not gonna go bad. Yeah. Mm -mm. Dirt doesn't go bad. So, you know, it's nice because I don't have to budget for those things this year because I already did it last year. And those things are probably going to be more expensive this year than they were last year. So it all works out. So, yeah, we have that stuff just sitting there because nothing happened with it. I did a little bit of vertical gardening because I bought 
a couple of green stocks. So I have three of them, four of them. I have four of them out there. They went a little wild because I did buy some herb plants and put them in there and then didn't do a whole lot. And I planted some seeds too in April. But my strawberries that I put in one did great for the first year. Awesome. And they're still in there. So we'll see how it goes year two. But yeah, I did not do very much. And it got the stuff that did not get covered in weed barrier. I was planning on just keeping up with because I had like a little flower garden area and the weeds were taller than me by the end of the season in my raised beds. Somehow those have weeds in them that are probably like twice my height and I'm five, seven. So that's pretty big. (laughs) We did not trim back the hops. So those went freaking crazy. So if like If you look at my garden right now, it makes me want to cry because it's so much work to just clean it up. And like the the aisleways didn't get the garden barrier stuff like I was supposed to. So there's just it's it looks like a jungle. I want to light it on fire and start over, but it's like attached to my barn. So I can't do that. (laughs) So I'm hoping like once it's not totally frigid outside, I can go out and start like picking away at it. So it's not like. I'm doing it all in a weekend because honestly, the stuff that's in the flower beds or in the raised bed, that's going to be so easy to like pull out. It's the stuff that's like in the aisles that is going to be, it's like in the ground, but I may just also, I don't know if it's a good idea or not. Just uh, like have Matt weed whack it all down and cover it with the barrier and just call it good. I don't care if it's uneven. <laughs> like, My suggestion is going to be to knock it all down with the weed whacker, put a layer of cardboard down, and then put the weed cloth on top of it because that will smother it, cover it, and take all of the sunlight away. And if anything even does grow, like it's not going to come through that cardboard that first year. So, and hopefully it doesn't grow enough that it goes to seed and then there's no seeds under there to come back up the following year. So yeah, that's a good point. I'm in a similar place with my garden. I went out there with the tractor on one of our nice days and I just started ripping paths up because they're covered in weeds. So I just turned the bucket and scrape and then scoop and then took it to the compost pile. And I was like, I'll put weed cloth down and figure this out later, but I am not going to bend over and pick those out by hand because it hurts my back. <laughs> yeah, no, it. I just don't want to do it because it's depressing. And some of those weeds just get so rooted in too that it's like, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. You and I are in the same boat as far as the garden goes, because mine is a mess. Let's have a, um, take some photos and share them on Instagram next week of uh, what our gardens currently look like. It's a mess. It looks beautiful out there, though, because mine has lights. So at least at night, it looks beautiful. Because <laughs> you can't see all the dead stuff. <laughs> all right. So what else is on your list? So we will talk about gardens because that was what we were just talking about. And one of my goals last year was to create a garden plan that fit my life. And I did create a new garden plan last year, which I did like and enjoy. It did not fit my life, but also I realized that I didn't fit my life. Oh, (laughs) well, that's awkward. (laughs) (laughs) So the garden was just like a total mess last year. (laughs) But I did still enjoy my garden for the most part. So 
I like creating a garden plan. I like gardening. I like trying to figure out how to make it fit into my life in a way that I want it to and makes me feel good and happy and doesn't hurt my back. I'm going to talk about my back a lot this episode because <laughs> gardening hurts my back. But this year, I, I actually signed up for a course all about garden planning from Karen at the Just Grow Something podcast. So I am going to take her course. It was just released. So I signed up. I haven't gotten into it or anything. Um, she actually, she has a garden planner in there, which is really awesome because I was in the process of designing a garden planner for us and for our listeners. But I might talk to her about doing something together for that piece because like I noticed in hers, like mine was missing some stuff, but then there were other things about mine that I liked better, but it just kind of depends on how you plan and what you like. And I think that that's, you don't know what you like and what you want to do until you go try to learn about it and figure out other ways to do it. So I'm going to take her course and do what I can to follow all of her instructions and see how I do this year. And I'm looking forward to it. So I think that with her help, I will be able to create a garden plan that fits my life. I think my attitude has just kind of changed about it too. I'm not pushing myself too hard. So uh, that's why I'm at with my gardening. <laughs> nice. So what was next on your list? Breed Fancy, which if you're new oh, here, Fancy yeah. is a cow. She's a Hereford Highland mix that I got from one of our listeners, Sarah. I feel like Sarah is like an honorary guest on this podcast because I've talked about her a few times. So that clearly did not happen. And I'm actually looking to rehome her. Because, I mean, she only got out once last year, knock on wood, that, you know, she's kind of learned her lesson here. And it was because she, like, we fixed the problem for how she could get out that time. But it was funny because it was after the episode where we talked about asking people for help. And I was like, I don't need to ask people for help. And then I literally yelled for a neighbor to come help me, (laughs) you know, because I was pregnant (laughs) at the time. And she's a big animal. So we don't have the setup to breed her. I'm not going to be able to prioritize that. I think she's three years old or is going to be three or four this year. I'd have to remind myself. So she's getting there. She still goes into heat cycles and yells at me about it when she's in heat that she wants a boyfriend. So we're we're looking to rehome her uh, for sanity's sake, really, because if she got out at this point and I was home by myself with a baby, like I can't go out and try to wrangle her. And God forbid anything really bad happens to her or somebody else because she got out. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, or you and Jameson, because you went out there with him. Right. Like out of concern for what the consequences could be for other people. And so, I I mean, I, I think that, I think that that's really smart. It's not an easy decision to make, but it makes perfect sense. I understand it. I think it's a good reminder too, that sometimes like we, we have these intentions of getting animals and keeping them for forever and doing these really wonderful things with them, but then circumstances change and we can't. So we have to have we have to have empathy for other people when they run into those situations and empathy for ourselves when we realize something. And there's nothing like there's nothing that shows that you are thoughtful, like deciding something isn't for you and doing it rather than holding onto it and stretching yourself in or God forbid having a situation where she got out. Right. And you can go get her because you were there with Jameson. Like, I mean, it's, it feels like a no win, but it is a win. It's a, it's a win to have decided that. And yeah. And you know, 
I'm paying like $7 a bale for first cutting right now, which is just freaking ridiculous. Thanks, inflation. So that's another reason too. And feed prices have gone up. Like a bag of rolled oats used to be like $20. Now it's like 30, which is just insanity. So everything's more expensive right now. We don't have to give her snacks like that, but we also kind of give that blend of the goats on the days that they don't give, um, that they don't get the ammonium chloride just so they don't get used to it all the time. So it's like, yeah. But I've also sold a bunch of goats through the local auction this year, too, because I didn't want to deal with people. So we've downsized, and then they all managed to get pregnant somehow again, because that's just how <laughs> we're very fertile around here, apparently. <laughs> and now I have, you know, one, two, three, four, five babies out there right now. Oh, my gosh. That's how many I have, but I did mine on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, we actually had our first stillbirths on the farm, too, mm. right before Christmas. There were two of them. I think Maya, she had two placentas, and I think one detached too quickly. Like, the babies detached from oh. it and didn't get out in time. So, yeah, that was super sad. But anyways, we got a lot going on, and I'm looking to downsize it for sanity's sake and just because it's so expensive right now. It's crazy. All right, what else is on your list? So next was be intentional about how I structure my day. And <laughs> this is really funny. Uh, this is actually a term from Karen at Just Grow Something podcast. She used the term neurospicy <laughs> for like yeah. a neurodivergent person. And I was like, that's my new word, neurospicy. I'm using it all the time now because I realized that like, so I just, I operate in a world that wasn't designed for the way that I think or or perceive or like what feels natural to me. So trying to fit myself into what is perceived as being a like quote unquote structured or productive day isn't like it's not something that I'm trying to do anymore because I want to work with myself and in acceptance of the way that I work and not constantly be trying to change myself or be quote unquote, like normal. It's so funny and side tangent really quick, uh, especially in the farming and like homesteading world, you know, that we're all in, everyone wants to say how unnormal they are. They are the opposite of normal. They are not normal. And that's a badge of honor when you're living this kind of lifestyle. But when you're not normal in a way that you have no control over, like no one wants to do that. No one wants to be that. Like, mm. but it's easy for us to, you know, look at that and just be like, Bev's just over there doing whatever the hell she wants to, <laughs> like not following any of the rules, not doing the things that she's like supposed to be doing. And I realized like, I just, I can't, I'm not going to make myself fit into that anymore. I mean, we all have sacrifices we all have to make. We all have moments where we have to work hard or push through, you know, like you mentioned earlier in the episode. But I think that for so long, because before I got a diagnosis, I had managed to, I had managed to fit in. Like uh, it still wasn't normal in all the ways that I needed to be. <laughs> but yeah, so, so I'm on a journey of just like, of, of self-acceptance and recognizing where, like, where I can make change in a way that makes a positive difference to me. And, like, a structured schedule for my day is not 
something that makes a positive difference for me. That's me putting on a mask and trying to fit in, which I don't want to do because I think that there are things that I'm really good at that other people might not be. And so I want to tap into those things that I'm good at and not try to be good at the things that everyone else thinks I should be good at because that's what's quote unquote normal. So yeah. So Nero Spicy is my Nero spicy. word for the year. <laughs> I hope you update your Instagram description with Nero Spicy. Uh, I think I might have to do that now. Yeah. Yeah. I think yep. you I've been thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, I, the, like, the term, like, neurodivergent, it's funny. Like, I hadn't really, like, taken that on as a label for myself until, like, more recently. Cause I've, been, I've been listening to a lot of books. I've been doing a lot of introspection. I've been doing a lot of reading and just, like, a lot of, like, self-healing and self-reflection because I didn't realize how much damage I was just, like, doing to myself trying to be something that I just wasn't. And (laughs) through that process, like I realized like, yeah, no, I am neurodivergent and I just, I just need to claim that and own it and embrace it and recognize it for the struggles that it presents. But also, like I said, the amazing things that it presents. So I don't think there's any one right way to be neurologically. I just think that there are things that are more typical and things that are less typical. And combined, we make a pretty cool world together when we don't try to make everyone else think the way that we think or see things the way that we see them. And I imagine over time you learn how to lean into the good parts and work with it too, instead of trying to like fight against it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not really trying to structure my day anymore. I'm I'm mostly just trying to create a day that feels good and doesn't get me fired. (laughs) The latter being really probably key. Yeah. Yeah. Not an easy balance. I don't pretend like that's easy. No. No. All right. What was next for you? Okay. I think the last thing, since I combined a couple, was to do one more pasture, which did not happen. Did not happen. It probably would, it wouldn't be too tough to do, but at this point... If we rehome the cow, it's really not necessary to do that. And if we're not going to be here for forever, I don't really want to cut into that lot much more because technically it can be two. You can sell it into two parts if you wanted. I wouldn't sell it as two, but it'd be cool to like present that to somebody and say, hey, if you buy both of these or if you buy the whole thing, like you can parcel it out later if you want. Take the fencing out and parcel it. But I think it's also going to be very attractive to potential buyers later that fencing's already done because like one of my pastimes that I do right now when I spend all my time hooked up to a breast pump is just looking on Zillow at houses <laughs> for fun. And all the fun farmhouses that have barns and stuff, a lot of them don't have fencing. So it's like you would have to go in and do a lot of the fencing. Or if they do, it's like horse fencing, which may or may not work for goats so you'd have to kind of go back and put fence on it so i think put fence on the fence yeah exactly but i think it would be very attractive to buyers that there's already fencing up and there's hot wire along the top and there you go adjust accordingly so i don't i just kind of want to leave it as it is for now because it works for now if for some reason we decide to stay and i get like alpacas or something then we might have to you know switch it up later but as of right now i'm kind of glad we didn't do that last year good yeah 
Yeah, I had a pasture-related thing on my list, too, that I didn't do. Oh, yeah. It was to build another shelter and move the <laughs> weathers and unbreedable does in with Percy. And, like, LOL, I'm so ambitious. You like, were. <laughs> we both were. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, I, I always feel, like, so fresh at the beginning of the year, apparently. it's. I mean, it's January. I'm clearly feeling a little spicy <laughs> really <laughs> this year. But... Yeah, I mean, I, I do still want to do that eventually, but I've actually, I've talked about rehoming Percy as well. And not because I don't enjoy him. He's he's so fun. He's so good. Like, cows are, cows are amazing creatures. Like, if you ever get a chance to get to know a cow, like, I, I highly recommend you do it. <laughs> yeah. Because they're super cool. They're like dogs, but gigantic and silly they can hurt you in different ways than a dog can they can hurt you in different ways yeah but because percy is my only cow like i'm finding myself just feeling a little bad for him lately and i'm just i'm just not sure that i want to take on another cow feed prices you know um all those things and he has a goat friend, a free-range goat friend, that goes and visits him all the time. Maybe I need to solve that problem this year. <laughs> so, he's, so he's not totally lonely, but it's wintertime, so the donkeys aren't out with him right now because they need their shelter. And so I feel – I just find myself looking out there and feeling kind of bad. But he doesn't seem like he's sad and – he still greets me and, like, walks with me and, like, all sorts of stuff. So he doesn't seem like he's in a bad place. So I might not. I haven't, like, made a decision. But if I do that, I think I would definitely feel better about keeping him. So I'm thinking about that. But I don't know when I'm going to have the bandwidth. I wish teleportation yeah. was the thing so I could just teleport fancy and her and Percy could be, like, boyfriend-girlfriend. Even though he couldn't knock her up, but still. I was going to say, he doesn't have anything to help her, but I have neighbors with bulls, so. Mm. Yeah. And they're miniature Herefords. Ooh, so. see, there you go. I know, I know. Mm-mm-mm. I totally have the setup, so. Yeah. We'll see what happens with that. TBD. <laughs> yeah, TBD. Do it for the pod. Do it for the pod, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So that's the end of my list. I, we had our, our phrases of the year. Did you have anything on your list, though, that we missed? I think we missed get more ducks. Nope. Oh, did we? Oh, we missed get more. You're right. Oh, I, I did it. Oh, good. I, I, that was my win. Nailed it. I forgot to talk about my win. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> got more ducks. How many more ducks did you get? I got six, and four of them are females. Two of them are drakes. So right now I have six females and three drakes. So I've got some drakes that have to go once springtime hits. I'll know when springtime hits because it'll be a rapey, awful place out there. It hasn't happened yet. So when it gets there, though, I'll have some ducks to get rid of. Yeah. But then I think I'm good with that number of ducks. It feels good. They fit in my shelter really nicely. They're moved in with the, with the, with the donkeys right now. And they seem to be cohabitating really well. I didn't know if the donkeys would try to smash the ducks, but... Yeah, and I feed the donkeys and the ducks at the same time. So the ducks eat all their food before the donkeys get a chance to go over and try to get it. And so there you go. It seems to work pretty well. Yeah. Kumbaya. Yeah, it's just like it's a regular old, uh, like I don't know, utopia out there of <laughs> intermingling creatures. <laughs> what was your phrase or word of the year from last year? It's annoying. Be better. Not bitter, which is just funny after everything I went through last year. I wouldn't say that I'm, I came out bitter. 
I, I probably did come out better in some ways. I don't know. I was I got pretty spicy in the hospital and fired a resident. He was an asshole, though. He deserved it. So, I, if anything, I think I just got better at advocating for myself. and Which is important. Especially in the healthcare space, because they just... I think doctors do know a lot, but there's also limitations on how fast they can keep up with, you know, things that have changed. I think that they, like, say that medicine's, like, 17 years behind because it takes so long to implement certain things, especially when you think of it, like, in a healthcare system type setting where there's so much bureaucracy and administration and red tape, which has its pros and cons, right? So Some of it will protect us, but some of it will be to our detriment because it slows down progress. Right. But, yeah. And knowing that some of the advice I was given early on was bad advice and is very behind. Very frustrating. And, like, having a really great diet for my pregnancy prior to landing in the hospital and then having the hospital food that's just, you know, by dietitians, but the sodium counts on it are probably, like, 5,000. <sighs> Um, milligrams yeah. a day, which, you know, there I salt's good for you. It's not like it's bad for you, but processed sodium, not so great. So it was just like very eye-opening, upsetting, but you learn how to advocate yourself for yourself in those situations. And then, you know, my son's going to benefit from, from that confidence too. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe it'll embarrass him one day, but I don't really care. <laughs> I think that was what we were put on the planet for. Embarrass our children. Embarrass our children. Uh, I do it all the time. They love it. I'm sure you're a professional at this point. I'll have to ask for advice along the way. Yeah. (laughs) I I have a senior and a fifth grader. I'm pro at this. I got this. You do. (laughs) Speaking of advocating for yourself, I have a book recommendation. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes. It's called The Sugar Jar. It's by Yasmin Cheyenne. It's one of the books that I read this year that I finished. And she, so one of the things that I was doing myself that I hadn't noticed, and I think you noticed it because you were pointing it out to me all the time, was that I didn't know what I wanted or what was best for me. I always just did what was better and more comfortable for everyone else because that was what I felt comfortable doing. I didn't feel comfortable advocating for myself, but The book, The Sugar Jar, it's helped me see places where I can make immediate improvements to that. So if anyone's struggling with, you know, figuring out where and when they need to stand up for themselves, like, I think that that book really helps lay it out for me. Because it's hard. We see places as authorities, like the medical system and stuff in some ways, but then it doesn't feel right in our gut and it's, it's not right for us. And it's like... We have to say that. We have to say something because, like, our care is important, too. Mm -hmm. Like, on every level, emotional, mental, physical, like, it's a whole person thing. It can't just be one thing. One part can't just be fulfilled. So, yeah, I wanted to throw that book recommendation out there. So I'll be linked to that in the show notes. (laughs) All right. So what was your phrase of the year? So my phrase of the year was be of integrity. And I thought that I had set that phrase because I needed to be more reliable for everybody else. But it turns out I needed to be of integrity with myself. Um, Mm. Until I can do that, I can't follow through on what I tell other people I'm going to do because I will be stretched too thin or I will be empty at the time that I need to have fuel 
to do something. Mm -hmm. And so now, like, I I was still, I'm glad that I had that as my phrase of the year because I think it helped me see that. And I think that I turned it into a win because I feel like I'm more in integrity to myself now. Good. Yeah. And I like it. I want to encourage anybody else that feels like they're out of integrity with themselves to do that too. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) All right. So... Like we said, in a couple of weeks, we'll talk about what we're going to attempt to do this year. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. So what's our housekeeping for today? Well, they can get to the show notes this episode by going to drinkandfarm.com slash 226. This is episode 226. And that will give them links to everything that we discussed. There's all of the episodes we've thrown back to or talked about or any items or anything. There's going to be links to that in there. So definitely want to go check that out. And we have some Patreon shout outs. So shout out to our Patreon peeps, Ashley Davis, Tonya Harold, Kimberly Taylor, and DC Teitzel. We appreciate our Patreon peeps and everything that, and their patience with us for, you know, we get to have a show because of our Patreon peeps, I think. Yeah. So, Thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mom. Yeah, my parents are my parents are on that list, too. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't do it without our parents. <laughs> I know, we couldn't do it without our parents. So if you're interested in checking out Patreon and what kind of benefits and stuff you can get, go to patreon.com slash drinkandfarm. The behind the scenes and after hours for this episode will be on there eventually. And then we'll get to, you'll get just like, bigger peeps into us, I guess. I don't know. The parts that we want to share. (laughs) So that's it. That's it. Until next time. Drink. Farm. And and give give zero zero clucks. (laughs) Woo. Bye now. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm things.